Hello guys and welcome to Jarcast Empty Jar. This is the more chilled out edition of Jarcast where we like to relax a bit and talk about a few serious points. Tonight on the show I'm joined by my co-hosts AB and John. Hello. Hey guys. And we're going to focus on two specific subjects, specifically J.K. Rowling and the Queen's annual honours. But first of all, how are you guys doing? I'm better right. than you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> folks, Ron has the Rona. Um, For the second time. <clears throat> yeah. Here's, here's the thing, though, right? You've just introduced us as the more relaxed, chilled out version of the podcast. Yet we're about to have two yeah. of the more serious conversations Oh. Um, whilst trying not to stray off topic. What I had hoped was that before you guys outed me as a corona sufferer, that people would just assume <laughs> that I had like a sexy, smoky voice and maybe had a wee cigarette or something. You could always just try and keep it like that, eh? Like just mimic it for I the still, rest of your life. Yeah. I still love the way, the way Ron actually like made us aware that he had COVID. So he's like sends it, he just sends in a, a like a three word message. I have COVID. It's like again, yeah, but it's it's, it's, it's like no, but it's all right. It's it's only the second time. I'm like, yeah, only the what? second time. I've only had the second time. Potentially, you know, deadly disease. That's um, exactly it. I well, would I'm, like. I'm vaxxed up this time, so it'll be fine. I would like to share a joke um, with you. Uh, okay. Go for it. Right. So, um, <clears throat> I don't have COVID, so I was at the shops. Uh, I was in... <laughs> Is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was in Aldi, right? And um, they had this really cool Humpty Dumpty toy that I've bought for my nephew. Um, and it's awesome because it comes with Aldi King's horses and Aldi King's men. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, that kind of um, we are we are cutting that out of the podcast. I'm going to compound it. Um, woman walks into a baker's and goes, Is that a donut or a meringue? And the baker goes, No, you're right enough, hen. It's a donut. <laughs> that joke will only make sense to people that speak Scots or yeah. Scottish. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, one of the things. <laughs> One of the things that we agreed we were going to talk about today is the uh, children's officer, uh, officer, children's yeah. author turned social pariah, J.K. Rowling. Oh, okay. What I thought would be a, a useful thing to do first is go around the table and just explain what our personal relationship and history with Harry Potter is. Um, just so we can establish, like, oh, you know, maybe AB's a super fan, maybe John's a rabid hater, maybe I'm someone in the middle. And that way, when people are listening, they'll know where we're coming from. I think that makes sense. Yeah, um, I told you guys, yeah, right. I have a secret regarding my relationship with Harry Potter. Yes, you do. That you yeah. haven't told us yet. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to reveal the secret here. You've been very, you've been on very good at keeping it. You've been very good <laughs> at keeping it. Actually, because I forgot about it until I realised we were on this. <laughs> you might want to cut this sentence out, but um, is this secret? anything at all like trying to find out that AB's Jewish grandfather or great-grandfather happened to be uh, like a Catholic mercenary until we realised that that's not what he actually meant. Is it that <laughs> kind of secret? No, it is not as extreme as that. Okay. Is, is this secret the reason why they took away your passport? 
Is it not you that had your passport revoked? No, no, Mister, I, I, Mister, Mister, I'm not allowed back into South Africa. My Otherwise, I'll South, be shot. Yeah, but my South passport Africa hasn't can't... been revoked. It's just expired, and I've never replaced it. Ah, right. You made it. You, when we first spoke about you guys coming over here, you made it sound like they took your passport away. Yeah, I do no, that John. A lot. <laughs> I've always been a. I've always been a uh, UK citizen, and South Africa does not have the right to take away my passport. They have the right to tell me not to come back, but they cannot take my passport away. Meh. So just so again, me. so much for not sorry, sorry, Ron. <laughs> so much for not straight off topic. <laughs> so, like, topic is here. We are way over to the left. So let's drag it back. That's where, where Ron likes back. us. Yeah, exactly. I'm always trying to push you guys to the left. Uh, me. So so John, we'll start with you just because you're in the middle of my screen. Okay. Um what is your relationship with the Harry Potter franchise or J.K. Rowling in general? So I really enjoyed the books. I didn't start reading them until like the second one had been out for a while when I was growing up. Um, so I wasn't on the bandwagon from the offset, but I jumped on that bandwagon pretty quickly. And I did go to a lot of the like the book launch events like Waterstones and whatever else, and midnight launches and all that sort of jazz. <clears throat> um I'm a typical, I prefer the books to the films, but I do enjoy the films. Um, I don't have like loads of Harry Potter merch or anything. I'm not like that kind of fan that's gone and bought loads of like Harry Potter, everything. However, um, a certain someone in my life and their their children uh, are in that camp of like Harry Potter nuts. I hope I don't Um, ruin it for them. (laughs) I I think it's very unlikely that they're going to listen to this. Um, <coughs> I am one of these Don's people. prepared them. No, I've not said a word. Um, <coughs> Ron, I think you've given me the Rona over like webcam. Over Zoom, yeah. Cyber Rona. Um, no, like, so I, I am in the camp of J.K. Rowling has said some exceptionally troubling things. But I don't think that that should lead to necessarily the, the, like this total cancellation of the fantasy world that she created. But I, yeah, it's for me, it's a difficult boundary because I get there's a lot of people that don't want to support her financially. Um, I just I like to try and separate the art from the artist. Is that that's the kind of view I take? Mm-hmm. But yeah. sometimes supporting that art then supports the artist. And where do you draw the line? Sure. However, that's me. So, yeah. Uh, and A.B., what about yourself? So I'm very much on the same... Uh, I, I very much had the same kind of start as John. I, I only learned about the books after the second one came out. Uh, and that was only through a classmate who had brought one in and we, we wrote a passage. We wrote out a passage. Uh, got really into it, though. Uh, not as much as John. I never went to like midnight launches and stuff like that. Uh, I think, to be fair, actually, I might have I might have only gotten into it when the third one was out because I have a funny feeling I got all three at once. Anyway, uh, same as John. That not the biggest fans of the film. It's purely, but that's just purely from an acting standpoint. Uh, not from like, but again, that comes with any sort of fantasy movie. You're always gonna 
play out the fantasy a lot better in your head than what they managed to put on film. Um, I wouldn't say, I would not say I am a massive fan. I live with a massive Harry Potter fan, but I am not one. Um, as for what J.K. Rowling has said, I'll be dead honest. I didn't actually know about what she had said about uh, until at least like four or five months after she'd said it. And to be honest, I've I've always been uh, I've always been on the side of, you know, the internet is quite literally just filled with trolls. Yep, uh, it's just filled with people who are like, I'm unhappy, so I'm going to use whatever I can get. I can get my hands on to make people as unhappy as I am. So whereas, whereas I get that what she said is not particularly okay. I also, I'll be dead honest. I don't feel like, you know, it's all that important based on the fact I don't feel she has that much influence over that sort of group of people. I'm I'm very much like John though. Like I will not, like, I will not like, burn down Harry Potter shops or anything like that based on what the author said. I'm quite yeah. happy to enjoy Harry Potter for what it is, not because J.K. Rowling wrote it. I think one but of the they, things we have to be really careful with, though, and you've said it and I've said it as well, um, just hearing you saying, I'm like, oh, I just said that, and I actually don't agree with how I said it or what I said. Um, when I When I say you know, what she said is not necessarily okay or, or, or troublesome or whatever else. We have got to be really careful of the fact that it is perfectly okay for people to have a different view or opinion. Exactly, yeah. And it's, whether that's political, moral, or whatever else, it's perfectly okay. And it's perfectly okay to have a conversation around those topics and to disagree. Um. I'm straying a bit too much into the actual conversation, though. Uh, so I'll shut up again. Um, and Ron, you go for it. So I am um, like, like, so obviously I'm, I'm slightly younger than John. I think me and you are the same age, AB. Um, Possibly. If no, I'm slightly younger than you as well. Um, so I was bang on the right age for Harry Potter. So my primary four teacher read the first book to us as like, just like, what we did on a Friday morning. Um, I saw the first movie, played the PlayStation games, so they were excellent. Started reading through the second book by myself because I saw the movie, was enamored by it, wanted to you know, carry on with the story. And I would say I was a pretty massive Harry Potter fan uh, to the extent that... Um... Oh, hold on a second. Uh, oh, no, John, I, I'm, I, I've just turned 29. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, like I said I um, I would say I'm a massive I, or I was a massive Harry Potter fan to the extent and here's the secret I was the first person in Fife to get Order of the Phoenix for the library and I was in the paper in the Fife Times um, photographed wearing Harry Potter glasses and a Hedwig t-shirt that the library presented me with with a copy of the book that they then let me keep that's okay that's a much more wholesome secret than I was waiting. Than I was. Yeah, I, I I thought it was going to be like you know my 
granny's distant cousin's son's pet is Daniel Radcliffe's goldfish. No, no, it was a much more personal story. So it's uh, just to show that I did have a lot of affection for Harry Potter. But uh, what sort of happened is as I grew older and my interest in literature branched out a bit and I started reading other books by other authors mm-hmm. and the same genres and other genres and my sort of my intellectual palette expanded, I started to grow really weary of the Harry Potter fan base who would not let this children's series fucking go and who would drag it into like adult conversations and you no, know, just leave it like where it lies. So I, I know someone that used to write fanfic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. for Harry Potter and I think this is something that's quite important to acknowledge every fan base <clears throat> has your casual fan which is kind of what I would say I am and AB just put his hand up um, it's got your people that are sort of super fans yep. and then it's got what I would categorise as um Extremists! Oh my God, J.K. Rowling saved my life with these books. Like it's fuck off! Delusion, it's delusional fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, and I, but those I say fuck off and dismiss it. To those people, this really does mean that I just don't understand how, but it really does seem to mean something so significant to them. Um, <clears throat> the other thing for me as well, though, is obviously. She's made her quite recent comments about the trans community, which I find to be wholly unacceptable. But even before then, she'd been making a quite sort of right-wing statements about the future of British politics. And even before then, she was in the No campaign. And, you know, at the time, I was really passionate about Scottish independence. But more importantly, as I sort of grew older and became quite interested in critical analysis, I went back and read the books and realised that not only has she plagiarised almost everything in them, um, she has baked in quite a lot of bigotry throughout the narrative. Uh, for the, you know, the hook-nosed banking goblins to the, the ah. HIV werewolves to the, um, to the, well, he's gay, but as long as you never show it on screen to the, well, he's Irish, so he likes blowing stuff up, obviously. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, Christ. Rowling. <laughs> I did not pick up on that. <laughs> neither, neither did I ever. <laughs> Um, and then you've got the Asian character who's got two surnames for two different countries. Um, and the South Asian characters who are just the butt of a joke that Ron would date them. Um, uh, the, the, the uncomfortable implication that people born for sexual assault are incapable of love, and that's why Voldemort's evil. Um, there's just a lot of quite twisted and disturbing things in it. And I think that if many of these people actually went back and read the book, they'd realise how twisted Rowling is and how flat, uninspiring, and just no worth the passion Harry Potter is. To be fair, I mean, like, the kind, the kind of things that you're mentioning, Ron, yep. uh, I'll, I'll start from the beginning, uh, being like hook-nosed goblins, um, HIV werewolves, these are, like... This is what this is one of those things, right? This is this is where I sort of th- like see the troll come out, because first of all, if you look back before J.K. Rowling ever ever was on the scene, uh, you you see any portrayal of Goblin or anything like that similar. I mean, maybe not as hook nosed as what's in the book or in the movies, but still similar. So it's it's basically just expanding on an already existing. 
um, idea of what these things look look like. Again, the fact that like um, the HIV werewolf, you know, you contract it by it being by you know being bitten by one. Again, it, that's just going back to folklore. It's very easy. See the thing, and the thing I, I I'm trying to get at here is it's it's very easy to find these issues if you're looking for them. It's very easy to say, ah, but you know what? Those goblins, those that portrayal of goblins is anti-Semitic. Well, it's not because that's kind of what they've always looked like, and no one has ever taken that approach before. And this is coming back to like cancel culture, where everything needs to be super analyzed instead of just enjoyed. And the same with like, oh, you know, like you know, like what you said, like people like people born out of sexual assault can't find love or cannot can't experience love. It's not true. I don't, I'll be dead honest, you're the first person I've heard sort of make that comparison between Voldemort and the idea that, you know, people born out of it. I don't find it to be true. I can can think of quite a few people who, who, who show the opposite side of that. But again, it's one of these things where it's like, if you want, if you want the problem to be there, if you want that sort of, criticism to be there it will be there now i think there's a there's a point that's very worth clarifying here because you're not saying that as a straight white man you're saying that as a very open mixed race (laughs) just say it jewish man Right. So I say, and, and OK, you don't practice Judaism, you're not Jewish, but you are of Jewish ancestry. And it's not like it's remote ancestry, it's very recent ancestry. The portrayal of goblins, I don't think it's their look. I think it's down to the fact that they are um, so money orientated and, you know, the typical um, stereotype that Jewish people are, you know, good or money type that sort of stuff, you know? So I think that's where that comes from, not how but, they look. But, 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 but no, mm-hmm. just a, mm-hmm. that, go, go, go. If you're going to take that that portrayal of a goblin within Harry Potter is anti-Semitic, then let's cancel Clash of Clans. Because Clash of Clans, in, in their folklore, goblins are the ones that, when you're attacking a base, target the gold stores. Yeah, but see, so, that's the thing. Like, that is, but that's just... Goblin lore. Goblins have always been the tinkerers, the the whatnot, and have always been money hungry. And so, I mean, if we want to make goblins anti-Semitic, then you—it's not just Harry Potter that does it. It's anything that ever mentions a goblin. And the same with the same with werewolves, because werewolves have always been shunned. It's always been a blood curse passed through the attack or the biting or whatever else, right? And they have always been shunned from society because of the inherent risk that they pose people. So, you know, where does that become an attack on the HIV community? So I can actually answer that uh, just on the werewolf thing. So Please do, please do, because I'm not getting it. The werewolf's been a metaphor for HIV, isn't necessarily problematic? Um, That's just, just a metaphor. The problem is then when you introduce a werewolf villain who loves being a werewolf and loves turning people into werewolves, whether without their permission. 
and suddenly you've fallen into this homophobic myth of the gay man that loves spreading AIDS. I have categorically, in 34 years of life, never actually heard that gay men with AIDS love spreading AIDS. Well, it's, it's sort of before your time, isn't it? Like, the gay. I, yeah, I have heard accusations of, you know, the occasional individual that has knowingly sped AIDS, um, kind of like in, this, in the same case of someone that knowingly went out in public with COVID and licked, licked someone on the face, that is now a criminal offence. But I, I, I kind of feel like that's a stretch. If you really wanted to go down that route, then heaven forbid we're going to bring up paedophilia. But... Nope. You've got a, a, a villainous werewolf within the Harry Potter community that runs ravage through a school. But see, this is what I'm saying. There's issues there if you want to find them. Exactly. It's very easy to do it. I mean, it, it's one of the. It's one. Of, it comes down to being. It comes down to one of those oldest sayings. You know, um, negativity is negativity or criticism is probably the easiest form. To describe, uh, or is the easiest um, medium for any kind of art because it is so easy to criticize or find something wrong with it. Or to say how you would do it better. Exactly. So the one part that I would potentially hold weight on with this um, is where you said there was plagiarism. Now, I will hold my hands up. I don't read an awful lot. If I do read, it tends to be things like the James Bond novels, which this conversation could spread into the sheer amount of sexism and racism within the Bond franchise um, and all the problems there. But, you know, we still hold that up as this amazing thing. We just go, yeah, it's a bit racist and a bit sexist, but it's still really enjoyable. Um, or, yeah, Ian Fleming was a bit of a cub. He was a misogynist. Still really enjoyable. Um, so, <laughs> we, again, for me, it just comes down to where you draw the line. But my point was... I don't read a lot of fantasy. I don't read a lot, um, but I certainly don't read a lot of fantasy. I've not read the Game of Thrones books because I can't. I can't get into them. I hate how he writes. Yeah, I'm a serious read. <laughs> and the same as same as Tolkien. And I could get shot by so many of my friends for that <laughs> because I don't like Lord of the Rings as a novel. I just don't like it. Um, I don't want to read twenty paragraphs describing a fucking tree. So. You know, issues and criticism, but issues and criticism whenever you want to find it. Um, the plagiarism part I can potentially get behind, but only because I have seen the video that's gone around TikTok and YouTube and whatever else, where it's like J.K. Rowling didn't write, um, you know, a wizarding masterpiece. She wrote Star Wars with sucky lightsabers. Well, well uh, that one actually, I would sort of. This is going to sound weird. I would defend J.K. Rowling on that point. <laughs> Star Wars just follows the sort of the, the classic hero's journey pretty bang on, and so does Harry Potter. And so does most fantasy literature just follow that same blueprint and uh, journey. But more specifically, Neil Gaiman wrote The Book of Magic, which was about a lonely, respectable young boy who discovers that he's a wizard and gets sent to a magical school to learn about magic. 
Um, the Worst Witch was a popular series of children's books when J.K. Rowling was growing up about a little girl who gets sent to a magical castle to learn about magic. Um, and the movie Troll is about a young boy called Harry Potter who discovers that he's a wizard and has to save the world. And then, obviously, Ursula K. Le Guin's absolutely, you know, wonderful FC books. Uh, the first three parts are about a young boy who goes to a magical school to learn about magic. Like, she's lifted these ideas wholesale for other better can just, literature. Can I just quickly check? You, you made a, a, a comment there in a line about the movie Trolls about a boy called Harry Potter. Yeah, there is a movie, it's called Troll. It's a horror comedy, and it's about a boy called Harry Potter who learns that he's a wizard, has to use his magic to defend the world. Are you shitting me? No, genuinely. Is when this was this pre- released? 1986. No. <laughs> genuinely, look it up. I am, right now. <clears throat> I mean, the one thing I will I will say... <clears throat> regarding... well, to be fair, that troll in that movie, that's fucking Hoggle from the Labyrinth. But what I will say, regards slight defence of J.K. Rowling, is um, the Harry Potter books or the Harry Potter stories that she created um, were all based of the bedtime stories that she would tell her kids. She would ca- she would make up stories to tell her kids for bedtime. But going on that narrative, it is 100% understandable that she would then use content or, you know, or she would then use uh, things that she may have grown up with, i.e., like the worst witch. You said that was something that was out when she was, uh, when she was growing up. Yeah. So it's like it's it's understandable from that point of view, because I mean, when it started, obviously it was a harmful bit of plagiarism, but verbal. You know, I'm going to tell my kids this story, but slightly amend it, so or slightly adapt it to something they they can uh, they can relate to. I have a point on that. If this is a thing, then let's cancel every fucking Disney film on the planet. Um, yes. And yes. here we go. We're about to get into logical fallacies because, you know, that's not actually an argument. Um, right. The Disney films don't pretend to be unique, though. They are openly adaptations of other so, works. Troll is a 1986 American horror comedy directed by Blair, starring Noah Hathaway. Who knew? Um as Harry Potter Jr. and his dad is played by someone called Mar- Michael Moriarty. He's called Harry Potter Sr., how original. Um, but the IMDb description is a wicked troll king in search of a mystical ring that will transform into a human form invades a San Francisco apartment complex um, where a powerful witch, blah, 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 blah. Now, that doesn't sound, oh, it's just where a powerful witch lives. That doesn't sound like a boy called Harry Potter gets sent off to magic school. Okay. Oh, so, so troll isn't about the boy going to a magic school, but it is about him learning that he's a wizard and having to use his magic to defend the world. And that okay. name, it's not a coincidence, is it? <laughs> it's fine. Um, I was under the impression that most of the names in the Harry Potter universe came from um, Greyfire Cemetery. The Wikipedia article for this, and we all know that Wikipedia is absolutely reliable, right? Yeah. Um, has a section called Similarity to Harry Potter. Since the release of the Harry Potter book starting in 1997, some of those involved some of those involved in the film have accused J.K. Rowling of borrowing elements from Troll. Producer Charles Band said in an interview that there are certain scenes in Troll, not to mention the name of the main character, which predate the Harry Potter books by blah, 
In 2008, John Buchler's partner in the Troll remake, Peter Davy, said about Harry Potter, in John's opinion, he created the first Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling says the idea just came to her. John doesn't think so. I, to me, the similarities end at he's called Harry Potter and he's a wizard. Now, to be fair, there might be a, a point there, but if they really thought there was a point, would they not have sued her? Definitely. Considering... I mean, Considering how much money she has made off of that franchise, sure. I mean, suing people costs uh, a lot of money, and it doesn't seem like it was a particularly successful movie. <laughs> Aye, but if he was so certain that he would win, I mean, you you forego that cost because you know how much you can sue for. How like, how how old is J.K. Rowling? Let's have a let's work this out because he's fifty six. Right. Um, okay. So, in 1986, when that film came out, she was 21. Ten years later, 11 years later, when she's 32, she releases the first Harry Potter novel. Yeah, I, I can see that, you know, she's maybe seen it or referenced it at some point, and that it's, it has been a subconscious influence, but I don't think... Even I can also we, equally see that it's, a, it's not a direct lift. Even if we accept that the, the connections to the movie Troll are quite sort of tenuous, the other stuff she's ripped off is a lot more direct. Yeah, but then how many... And overall, what my point is, is that, fair enough, artists borrow from each other all the time, mm -hmm. and that's fine. But all the things that people like about Harry Potter have been done in other much better works that are only written by right-wing arseholes. So, better in okay, other but... works, in your opinion... In Europe, and also, again, here's I where... I mean, LC like, is universally regarded as one of the greatest fantasy novels ever written. Fair okay. enough. But <laughs> like, So is Lord of the Rings, and I've just told you I hate it. So, and that's the thing. So the other thing is, like, you, you brought up uh, her sort of political thing. It's like, it, like, who cares? If a communist had written Harry Potter, everyone would still love it as much. If a dictator had written... If, if what's it called? If, um, oh, Christ, what's his, what's his name now? If King Jong-un had written Harry Potter, okay, it might have a bit of a slower start, but it would have gonna, it would have still been as big. I'm going to back Train up Johnny would Ron be very different. I'm going <laughs> to back up um, Ron on this little point. If a communist wrote Harry Potter, um, you wouldn't have the Harry Potter universe. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like <laughs> forget forget what a communist would write or what a dictator would write. If the, if a communist or a dictator spat out exactly what we have today with Harry Potter, it would still have been as big. Yes, there would be a lot more controversy behind the art behind the person who wrote it, and there'd probably be a hell of a lot more of these sort of these sort of um, these. This detective work to find similarities like HIV werewolves and whatnot. They probably I mean, that be a was, hell of that a lot was more. from her Twitter. She admitted that it was a metaphor for HIV. She just forgot that she had the fucking rape werewolf as a villain in the series as well. That makes that metaphor quite even worse. Yeah. Um, so I also sorry, John, not interrupt you there. Just uh -huh. to go back to the whole like if a communist wrote Harry Potter, they did. It was called Ersi. <laughs> but you see what I mean <laughs> like like outside of you Ron most people have an issue with communists and communism okay now regardless of whether you think they're right or wrong for having that issue doesn't matter it's their it's their opinion but those same people 
still regard Earthsea as being one of the greatest fantasy novels. On the, I, I, I doubt it was all the communists in the world who, who got it up there to be the greatest. No, it just being the greatest was what got it up there. Being the but greatest. exactly the point. But that's my point. It had like, it doesn't matter what this guy does at home. It doesn't matter what his opinions are. He still managed to create something outside of his opinions that was regarded as being brilliant. And people took that, that work and thought the same thing. This is brilliant. He's a communist. I don't like that. But this is brilliant. But my overall point is that J.K. Rowling has baked her bigotry into the books, and that's why it's problematic. Yeah, so this is what I was about to say. He's about to come at you with um, the communists didn't write a lot of communist propaganda into Earthsea. However, I would imagine that anyone that's not a communist could read it and go, well, that's yeah, been exactly. lifted from the but communist the manifesto. That's the um, thing, though. If I w- I'm not a communist, and if I was to read Earthsea, I could probably come back here and say, right, well, you know this bit that he wrote here. That's pure communism. Question, very tenuously linked. Was Gene Roddenberry considered communist, socialist, leftist? I So I'm not a massive fan of Star Trek, and I don't know what his personal political views were or how he identified, but looking at Star Trek, he's clearly created a post-scarcity, post-capitalism society. I don't yeah. know if he's done that on purpose, because they... You get a lot, especially in America, where like political education is virtually non-existent, where people describe their ideal solution to the world, and they're describing what Marx spoke about 200 years ago. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the situation, or if he was an out-and-out socialist and he wrote Star Trek that way on purpose. I think there's too much over-critiquing of things in terms of what we're looking at for for issues in the Harry Potter books. Um, Like it or not, we have to accept that there is a huge, huge proportion of the population of this planet that hold these up as utterly fantastic books. Now, there are equally... People like Mein Kampf as well. Huge... That's uh, is that not one of those straw man arguments? <laughs> uh, Goodwin's law. <laughs> so, like, just like you know, put that one right in the bin. I mean, what's what's the what's the thing? You can only go so long debating something before someone's going to bring up Hitler. Yeah, we already brought yeah. one Nazi in the form of J.K. Rowling. So, <sighs> <laughs> sorry, that's probably like slander or something. That was a joke. J.K. Rowling probably isn't a Nazi. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, this is this is kind of bitchy, right? But so she Jesus. writes the detective novels, right? Yeah. Uh, under the pen name Robert Galbraith. Oh, there's something about his name. Yeah. Now I and... don't think. She, I mean, she must have googled this and knew this. But Robert mm-hmm. Galbraith is the guy who invented electroshock therapy to try and cure gay people. Yeah, and she claims that this is not a that this is just a coincidence. Okay, but. but... Let's pretend it's not, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that that right now we all know 100% that J.K. Rowling is a massive, massive homophobe. Let's just pretend that's the case. Would that take anything away from what has been created and, and the reactions to what she has created? Not to what she's said, but to what she's created. It would make me uncomfortable reading the 
clearly homophobic treatment of Dumbledore and homophobic treatment of Fenrir Greyback, knowing that she was openly homophobic. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dumbledore is not openly gay in the books, right? Neither is Fenrir Greyback. No, but he's the the HIV wolf that loves spreading HIV. Yes, I know. Which is a homophobic myth. Which, I mean, it's a bit outdated now, but it wasn't outdated when J.K. Rowling was growing up. But my point being, (laughs) within the context of the books, those characters are not treated in a homophobic manner. There is no homophobic behaviour towards either one of those characters in fact, one of them is one of them is regarded as the greatest person in his field. And she just happened to go, oh yeah, he's gay afterwards. And then Which, also when one of the movies that's wanted, more problematic. One of the movies wanted to show him in a gay relationship, and she stamped on it and went, No, absolutely fucking not. And that's problematic. It's homophobic. <laughs> but so you can't like, you can't say that the books treat him in a homophobic manner because they don't. Well, we can because he's laden with homophobic stereotypes. There's then the homophobic stereotype of Fenrir. Then there's her using Robert Galbraith's name. Can we back up? No, no, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we back up? Yeah. Where, where are the homophobic stereotypes with regards to Dumbledore? So, like, stuff like him being an eccentric old man who lives on his own and, and never found a wife. or Like, it's a lot of this stuff's outdated. Now, we have to remember this is a 56-year-old woman who wrote these books largely in the 90s. She wrote these books largely in the 90s when she was our age. Yeah, and exactly. She's older like, than us. And yeah, I get that. But like, has different cultural touchstones. And... So tell me then, how does someone our age look at Harry Potter and see homophobic treatment of Dumbledore? Because we, I have never once heard this idea that a gay man is going to be really eccentric. Actually, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You, no, I mean, it's right. <sighs> I would use the word right. flamboyant. Like, if, if you were that, going to go, if you were that. going to describe a a stereotype of a gay guy, yeah, right, and you were wanting to be really, really offensive about it, what does everyone do? They put on the really camp face and like, oh hello, all that, right? I don't they see Elton John themselves. I don't see any of that. No, 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 no. John Barrowman is where I would go if you wanted to do like a stereotype of a gay man. John Barrowman. Um, but I just, I don't see that. And I don't see that anyone our age really sees that in Harry Potter. I come back to, I think they are looking for issues. Uh, the, the biggest thing here that's a, a weird problem to me is we've not even touched on why we actually said we were going to talk about her. Yeah, but that's the thing is that is in this day, in this day and age, that's, that's because of the internet and because of shitty things like TikTok, and everyone thinking that their that their peanut gallery of a brain is worth something because of these platforms, that they have this ability to to break everything down and find a problem with everything. And that's where that's where the issue is: is that you could, as a kid, run. As a kid, you read Harry Potter and you loved it for what it was, even if back then. J.K. Rowling had 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 homophobic um, homophobic uh, titles posted on her name. You would have still read that book 
and you would have still loved it as much. Not with the brain you have today saying like, oh, I would have been uncomfortable reading that. You still would have loved it. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the same adult brain looking back at listening to the likes of Spice Girls' Wannabe and realising that it's a, a song about um, non-monogamous relationships, drugs, and potentially prostitution. Whereas yeah. in 1997, when Jerry Halliwell was up there with massive in-your-face tits, really short skirts, and every hot-blooded straight boy on the planet was jerking off over that. Hello, it's me, Ron, for the future, in the editing room. So, what's happened here is that the conversation we were having kind of delved into a deeply personal place, and it ended up divulging details that, while common knowledge between the three of us, one of the necessarily things that we wanted to share with the public. Uh, the conclusion to that chat was that, you know, while we all had read or watched Harry Potter, none of us have ended up homophobic, and we used personal examples to explain why we feel that none of us are particularly homophobic. Uh, and to be absolutely clear, all three of us are completely supportive of gay rights and LGBT rights in general, um, which is something we discuss next week. But the stuff that we ended up sort of veering into in that part of the conversation was stuff that we all agreed were better left private. So thanks for letting me interrupt, and back to the show. That was like, not what was going through her head when she wrote it. I mean, it wasn't her that wrote it, I think it was Pete Waterman that wrote it. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't what was going through our heads or our minds listening to the song. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very different looking back on it. Um, it's difficult, sometimes difficult to remember that Harry Potter was generally written for a generation of children that yeah. grew up with the books. Nine-year-olds are still reading Deathly Hallows, you know, like... But so, like, that's the thing, like, if, if we look at the, the content, the, the product that she has created, does the product itself do any harm? Now, I know, Ron, that you have these opinions, like there's, there's the homophobic treatment of Dumbledore and, and Fenrir, Fenrir Greyback, but it, if, if my five-year-old was to read that book right now, he's definitely not going to grow up to be a homophobe. Well, you would hope no, but the, you know, the artwork that we expose our children to does a great deal to, you know, define how they see the world around them i've had this debate in a different way though i've I've read that's the thing is like you you myself and john all grew up with this and i would say i mean like i would say john is the least homophobic of all of all three of us but none of us are homophobes none of us have have this painted idea in our heads that ron mentioned the this idea that the artwork we subject our children to will shape their life. Now, I have two points to make towards this. One of them is a bit more lengthy, so I'll leave it till last. The first one is, for me, that strays dangerously close to the idea that games like Grand Theft Auto are going to raise gun-wielding killers. And mm-hmm. um, secondly... Before you uh, make your second point, if I just sort of... In isolation, I, it's the exact same argument, and it's stupid. But we should still be... We should still be aware, like, if we let a child play Grand Theft Auto, we should make them aware that this is a toy, this is a work of fiction, what happens in this you shouldn't replicate. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely... If we're, reading, if we're reading Harry Potter, there are subtle undertones here that you're never going to understand until you're at least 35, because nobody understood it at your age. <laughs> but it's a work of fiction, and don't replicate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't, Problem solved. Don't, jump, don't climb on a broom and jump off a cliff. <laughs> um, don't sit up at a stick and expect it to hit your hand. Um, don't gleefully spread AIDS. Well, no, obviously. <sighs> right. That'd be wrong. So, the second part is... I got absolutely lambasted in this argument um, until my wife at the time was basically told by me, can you like contact your sister and tell her to get her friends under control and let them know who I am in relation to the young girl that we're talking about. So years ago, remember the Robin Thicke song, Blurred Lines? Yeah. Just quickly before you tell this story, mm-hmm. just think, are you absolutely sure you want this story being recorded? just because it seems to involve people you know in relatively intimate, intimate levels. It involves people I know in relatively intimate levels that I don't give a fuck about. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure before we... Because one of those people is my ex-wife. Yeah, um, that's fine. Good child, Ron. Good child. And if she happens... No, so genuinely, I'm not going to come at you afterwards and be like, I need you to not put this in the podcast. <laughs> this is fair game. I'm going to keep names out of it, obviously. But for the purposes of this, if you're listening, you're a cunt. So... <laughs> Oh, Christ. Okay. Um, I've met your ex-wife and she's a bit of a cunt. So, <laughs> right. Um, fucking hell. Right. So when the Robin Thicke song, Bird Lines, came out, there was a, a lot of furor because it's not my style of music, but damn, it is a catchy-ass tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did very well in the charts. And then there was a, well, this the, the lyrics of this are, I keep using the word prob- problematic or troublesome because I'm refusing to I'm refusing to try and use many labels tonight because it's very politically correct. No, it's not the fact it's politically correct. It's the fact that it's very divisive and there will be will be people people that don't agree with me. So if I say that's just wrong, they were like, "Well, no, it's not." Like, so I'm going to say it's problematic or troublesome because it does cause some people concern. For me, it's quite understandable that and to an adult mind, there's a lot of concern around the, long, the song Blurred Lines because it is talking, uh, seems to be talking about the blurred lines of consent. There should not be blurred lines of consent. It is a yes or no. That's There's this, this no middle ground, just to make that clear. However... Mm-hmm. I'm glad you understand that, John. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, as a... Four-year-old at nursery, right? A Halloween sort of disco kind of thing. Do you think the four-year-old understands the potential connotations of the song Blurred Lines? No. No? That, I mean, Probably I not. would agree with that. And the four-year-old, right. I can tell you from experience with my, with my son, when listening to that song, is only going to be hearing a beat. Yes, and dancing to that beat, right? So, the argument ensued because father of this child took this to Facebook, having been at this party as a chaperone kind of thing, absolutely disgusted that the DJ would play that song. How dare we play a song about the blurred lines of consent and rape in front of children? How dare you? And I'm like, dude, your daughter doesn't understand that that's potentially what that song's about. And I say potentially because Robin Thicke disputed it. Yeah. Um, To me, I don't see that there is a dispute, but, you know, he disputed it. Anyway, 
onto that bandwagon jumped all of their close friends. Um, going, that's disgusting, that's this, you should do this, you should do that, blame culture, cancel, 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 right? And I'm sitting there going, dude, you let your daughter listen to Slipknot. No, oh my fuck. Wow. I was like, I was like, one of your daughter's favorite songs is duality. Yeah, but that's a that's a song about combating mental health and whatever else. I was like, yes. But does a four-year-old actually understand that concept? No. I was like, literally, the words go, I stick my fingers into my eyes. It's the only way to take away the pain. I separate skin from bone. There's something about pulling out your tongue. I was like, a four-year-old hears that and hears literal words, not subtle meanings or undertones or metaphors. They don't get it. You do. I do. So when they go, you know you want it, they're talking about the beat, the dance, the moves, the happy times. They're not talking about the fact that, you know, you're trying to force yourself on someone. That's not... We compute information differently at different ages. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm saying. I've had this, had this argument before. We see things in the Harry Potter books that are potentially there, that may be coincidences, in the same way that when my sister went to see Clifford, the big red dog with my niece and nephew, she saw funny adult humour within that. It is always there to keep the adults engaged while they suffer. Right? Um, Yes. (laughs) So it's really important to remember that these books are aimed at children. They're not aimed at us. They are not aimed at ingraining a belief or a way of life. They are not talking about Jews. They are not talking about HIV. They're not talking about gays. They are talking about witches, wizards, werewolves, and fantasy lore, most of which is replicated across every possible platform, including D&D. So um, I realise that I just ranted for a solid 10 minutes and I'm getting bad at doing this. So I'm going to shut up and let you come back at me. Thank you for not interrupting me. Why is it then, <laughs> then that, you know, Tolkien was able to write The Hobbit without those problematic elements? Why was C.S. Lewis able to write The Chronicles in Narnia without the problems? I mean, other than the, like, the, the Christian elements, and but like Chronicles in Narnia isn't particularly problematic. Well, I remember, I've not read it in about 20 years. I'm no, really no, 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 but the Chronicles in Narnia only has little dwarf elf kind of like creatures that Bones are, and, that are you know, slaves to the white ice queen that is trying to run tyrannical over the entire yeah, but the, continent of yeah, but Narnia. And it's evil is, and the killer. Yeah. <laughs> she's not yeah, celebrated so, for enslaving the elves no but Voldemort's not not celebrated no the, but the, the, death, the, the, no, the, no, the but those the bank goblins that control all the fucking money are treated as normal they're also celebrated okay, but, uh, they but, are celebrated uh, but I'll make another point I'll add another another layer onto John's onto John's point okay white queen you know, white ice queen trying to take over the world. Biggest, biggest foe, Aslan, the African lion. Yep. And he eats her. It's fucking metal. Yeah, also, it is. Aslan's, Aslan's Jesus. And he fucking dies and then comes back. It's, it's, Narnia is fucking great. And, <laughs> so, but there's the thing. But there's a the thing. If we wanted to, we could all three of us right now read the entire Chronicles of Narnia, all seven or eight books, however many there are. And rip it apart. And I, and I bet you we could rip it apart. 
Absolutely. I, listen, I, I read, I listened, I even watched, or I watched those books and I loved them as a kid because in, as I watched them, they were the old, the old, old one, John, not the current ones. Old movie. There was one that came out in like the 90s. Yeah, no. BBC 70s. My, my fingers up is because I've got another point to add to this, but yeah. Uh-huh. But again, there's a the thing. If we read Tolkien, because I'm fairly certain if we watch Lord of the Rings, we're not going to see anything. But if we read Tolkien's, just <laughs> if we read Tolkien's <laughs> books, I'm fairly certain we're going to find a hell of a lot there. I mean, God's, I, we just watched The Hobbits, The Hobbit now, about uh, over Christmas, and at the beginning, all the dwarves that barge into The Hobbit's house, all Scottish, eat all the food, drink all the drink, don't give a fuck. And I yeah, just, they, they I, I'm told to burst, do that by Gandalf. I am bursting to interject here because there is absolutely blatant problems in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So if you consider that the dwarves in The Hobbit mm-hmm. are not too dissimilar to goblins in some regard, okay, they're a different race. Mm-hmm. However, um, yeah, they're not too dissimilar in terms of their general depiction, their greediness around gold and money, their seclusion, their viciousness when it comes to protecting what they believe is theirs. Uh, I mean, that depicts a lot of problematic stereotypes. Then there's the inherent racism that is carried on throughout the entire fucking series. Granted, you've got one elf and one dwarf that become friends and, oh, actually, we can make this work. Hmm. There's so many different races that that could potentially represent. Yeah, but but Tolkien, one... Tolkien was no, making that, that, a point about racism when he wrote that dynamic. Hmm. Like, that was on purpose. He's, he's writing about racism and showing that racism's foolish because we have more in common than what separates us. But in the interpretation... It can can easily be different. Now you can you can rationalise that away, but you have to understand that people can rationalise that in the realms of Harry Potter as well. For me, when I look at the the the, the dwarves versus the the elves kind of thing in, in the Tolkien lore, um, the biggest one that stands out to me is Protestants versus Catholics, with how much they actually have in common. But you know. We hate each other. Certainly and, the, and, the, and just on John's point about how you can rationalize anything any which way you want. I mean, Ron, one of the things you kept coming on about with, with Harry Potter was the, the, the homophobic sort of depiction of Fenrir Gebek, the, the murderous werewolf who did everything he could to give AIDS to everyone around him. Okay. But give at the AIDS. same time, yeah. But at the same time, the. <laughs> That, that is the depiction of th- that's being done because he's evil. There were two werewolves in the entire, uh, or I'm sure there might have been more, but there were two werewolves in the entire Harry Potter. And the first one was one that deliberate, if, if werewolves having this disease is meant to be like a, a subtle way of, of a gay man having AIDS, the first one did everything he could to the point of self-harm to ensure that he didn't, that his affliction didn't affect anyone. And it was portrayed that 
he did everything he could, not through being forced out of society, but through his choice because he knew the risks. Yes, there is obviously the inherent where he's a werewolf, like we'll shun him, but that's generic werewolf lore. So, you know, you can't really use that against her. So, so what I would say on that is that you have to have either do it one way or the other. You can either have your werewolves are a metaphor for AIDS and that's fine, or mm-hmm. you can have a werewolf that loves spreading werewolf disease. You can't go, it's a metaphor for AIDS and here's this one that loves spreading AIDS because that's a harmful stereotype. She has. She should have picked one of the avenues. I, I will. I will agree with that. But considering it's considering it is her that has come out and said there are where there are stereotype for AIDS. However, or it's a metaphor for AIDS. However, there is even within the, the AIDS community. I said it earlier on. I don't really know other than a select handful of stories about people with AIDS that have deliberately tried to spread it. Um, so, you know, it, unfortunately, it's a thing in real life. It's an ac- you, you say it's, a, it's an accurate de- depiction of what real life is. It's, that's, I mean, sorry. So, but it's an accurate Drifting depiction. into dodgy territory there. One or two criminals doing that doesn't change the fact that there was a well-spread stereotype that AIDS was a gay plague and that gay people would spread it on purpose by using your toilet bowl, by drinking out the same tap as you. So to then yeah, have but the, a, yeah, but a villain... In the book it, yeah, but in the book, it wasn't like, oh, you're going to get this disease by, by breathing because by breathing around this guy. I do get what Ron's saying there. I do I, no, get no, I what get it. Saying. I do get it. I do get it. But it, again, it's, 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 it, it feels like this overreach of, of, ration, of rationale. So I, I completely get what you're saying because yes, I know that ages ago, this was this was a thing. Gay people had AIDS, and they would try do their best to, or they would spread it, or you could catch it just by sitting on the same toilet bowl, or, or bloody, you know, if you drop your fork and a gay, and a AIDS man picks it up and you hold it, you now have AIDS. <laughs> An AIDS man. <laughs> I'm not gonna really? say gay, I'm not going to say a gay man. I could say an AIDS sufferer. Jesus. Okay. And, an a- afflicted AIDS man, an AIDS afflicted man. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Got there. Or the women, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But back then, the stereotype it was gay men, and <laughs> so 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 like that old stereotype is not so re- it's no not so much portrayed as in this because it's not saying oh right you know what the three students that Fenrir ran past. Who happened to take a deep gasp now all have this disease. Let's also just put a cup of something. <laughs> just fuck it, whatever. Let's also remember that this, the, the school child at Fenrir did ravage was the most annoying cunt of all of them. <laughs> Sorry, not that that makes it okay. <laughs> I just, the thought entered my mind. I was like, oh my God, Lavender Brown's so annoying. Right? The, um, (laughs) there's there's something that is, um, problematic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was going to bring it up there. Potentially racist. Lavender Brown changed colour halfway through the films. She changed colour once they started giving her lines. Uh, no, no, she had lines in, um, in Prisoner of Azkaban. But she was played by a black girl in Prisoner of Azkaban. She was changed to a white girl 
as an actress. I don't know. If, I don't know the reasoning behind the recast, but when the character became more of a, um, like a, a not a main, but a, like a elevated supportive character, mm-hmm. given that she had a relationship with one of the main members of the cast, um, or one of the main characters, even, you know, they changed her to a white girl. That, that. Is something I can see easy, more easily and more understandably being construed as racism. Because, well, wait, wait a but minute. It can, that's the thing, it can be construed, but like, as you said, you don't know. No, I don't. I don't. If, if we found out, okay, no, they deliberately made this change because they felt like this actress, actress, not this, this white girl, but this actress was, um, had a better on screen character or on-screen presence, then yeah, there are racist undertones. However, I would would categorically disagree that the girl that ended up playing Lavender Brown had a better on-screen character. The girl that played her in Azkaban was brilliant and she only had two lines, but she was fantastic. But that's the thing. It could have very easily just been that the girl who was playing her up uh, up until she actually had proper lines stopped wanting to do it because of the fact that there was this whole like, like, grippy kind of relationship it's like it goes back to that whole thing like um i don't remember i, I don't know if you guys have ever watched stranger things mm-hmm. i got bored after like two or three episodes okay well end of season two is when they had that dance right and they had the ginger girl and the black kid going to the dance together and they kissed at the dance now these kids are about i think they were maybe like 15 the actors themselves were about 15, 16 at the time. And after season two came out, there was this huge controversy about the fact that apparently the directors forced the girl to kiss the boy. They said, no, you have to do it. And she really didn't want to do it, but she did it. She did it anyway, because she she was being paid and she was 15. She didn't know how much of a say she actually had, but it could have very well been one of these situations where, oh, look, I've now read the script. I am not comfortable portraying that so she was she was um she was actually recast twice the girl that is most notably known for playing her is from half Blood prince onwards um but ah uh, no see see this just backs up me going this is a racist move okay. um because the two previous actresses were both black mm-hmm the simple answer is that Lavender Rolls, Lavender Brown's role becomes more prominent in the sixth Harry Potter movie. As such, Warner Brothers decided to go with a more established actress in Jessie Cave. Right. Okay. No. All right. Yeah, no. That is that is full on. More established? From what? No one had fucking heard of her. No, um, no one had. And to be fair, there are a lot of young fe- black female actresses. If that's the way they wanted to go, there are uh, a lot of young female black female actresses. They could even just for continuity's sake. Yeah, yeah. The previous appearances of the character in the films were non-speaking roles. That's not true. Um, Is this Wikipedia was... again? No, no, no. I'm on a. It's well, it's probably less reliable. It's screen rant. However, um, I know that they weren't non-speaking roles. One of them was. One of them was not. Uh, Lavender was never referred to by name. That's true. Um, so it's even possible the casting director assigned the name to keep track of minor roles while filming. Nah, fuck off. That's bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. But I am making an assessment or a judgment based on what I want to see in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a perfect illustration 
a big part of the problem. Can we um, move on from the fact, because ne- the three of us are never going to agree as such on this, and I think we've talked about it a lot. But like, that's the thing, like, we've talked about the wrong part of our discussion. We, we, we have not at all spoken about the fact that JKR has come out with some exceptional territory and whether or not that justifies let's burn all the Harry Potter books. Because I tell you what, I'm not going to vilify um, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old in my life for liking Harry Potter. Oh, no, I think you should bully those kids. (laughs) No, obviously no. (laughs) That's that's horrific. Run, run. Yeah, of course, buddy. Uh, How long has this been going now? Do you get to see on the recording? I don't until I end the recording. Shit. Okay, hold on. I we started this at eight. We re- we chatted for about fifteen to twenty. So we've been going for an hour now. Yeah. Well, let's make closing points, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Okay. So m- m- what I would sort of wrap up and say is that one of the things that you guys sort of double bagged on a couple of times was the idea that you know maybe the work's been overanalyzed and these ideas have been pulled for that overanalysis. But my sort of counterpoint to that would be that artwork should be analysed and overanalyzed and, and pulled apart and reconstructed because that's how art as a medium grows and how we improve our artwork. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I'll just I, say and J.K. Rowling smells a farts is my other point. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll just say to that is exactly what you just said there about how art is art needs to be overanalyzed. The most cliched quote that there is out there art is subjective. So if I, I'm art, not going to get see, into it because I would argue see, that art is objective based on aesthetic, no, aesthetic like, theory. But um, Art is subjective. You're going to see what you see in it. And that, is, and that cannot be made more clear than by fantasy books. Fantasy books are the, are the best example of, of how art can be subjective. Because you, they'll, they'll describe a character in a book, you'll have that image in your head. And if you were to go to one of your friends who's reading the exact same book and give them your image of that character, theirs is going to be, there nine times out of ten, it's going to be different. There yeah, is all... If the character's called Puffy McRapist, you might go, that's homophobic, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. Um, the, the only... There are a couple of other straw man elements that I would have brought into this. I would have quite happily spoken about the fact that Roald Dahl is typically regarded as, uh, towards certainly in his later life, a very open anti-Semite. Um, there's obviously the the calls to cancel. Oh, it's really going to annoy me. And everyone that listen that knows anything about literature will you'll know what the book I'm talking about, Ron. Female author. Really racist. I feel like it's to kill a mockingbird. Oh no, B.A. Not... Uh, Margaret Atwood's Gone with the Wind. That's ah, really the movie it? that people have got a problem with in there. Um, no, but no, no, there was an actress that, uh, not an actress, uh, an author that had um, like certain titles or like. Did I just say Gone with the Wind was written by Margaret Atwood there? That is a lie. You did. Yeah. That was. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, um, there was someone that had like certain like celebrations of their work and like titles that have kind of been won by it and like accolades and things removed from it because it probably used the n-word 
Um, and I'm like, mm, th- th- there's so much going back onto historic stuff. So again, where does the line get drawn? Um, but I did want to make a point clear because um, I feel like I might have, um, not me, but me and AB might have ran rampant over this. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like Ron's posed an argument of what is seen as the society's acceptable view and mm. me and AB have just fought back against it uh, without Ron really having much of a chance to demolish our arguments. True. That's, this has been the most quiet you've been in a very long time. <laughs> no, it was really quiet on the previous recording where you know I spoke for 45 minutes. <laughs> I, um, I don't like to speak over people when they're making points, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to hammer on the same points over and over again. What I will say is, because we brought up very briefly the idea separating art for the artist, mm-hmm. which I think doesn't work when artists inject so much of themselves into their work. But just as an example, I think that Alan Moore is a total prick. Like, I think he's a fucking dickhead. And yet I have almost everything he's ever written in my house right now because his artwork is incredible. He's just a prick. I mean, the same is kind of true of Frank Miller, isn't it? Yeah, Frank Miller. And especially Frank Miller, like, in his sort of addicted to painkillers, really angry at Muslims era. Um, but then a lot of his work then was quite shit anyway. But also, like, I have a real personal issue with Neil Gaiman. Um, I have a genuine hatred for Neil Gaiman. Uh, but I still and, have a couple of his books because he is talented, as much as I want to vomit to admit that. I was about to say that, you know, given that you called him out as having written something that Rowling had plagiarised and it was better than hers, and I'm saying, oh, now you're saying you don't like him. Uh, he was rude to me on Twitter once, in fact, oh, okay. twice, and so now I don't like him. <laughs> and then he so, was rude, so, then he was rude to Jeremy Corbyn, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like we touched on before, like C.S. Lewis, he weaved his Christian faith into the Chronicles of Narnia. And as an atheist, I completely disagree with his barmy religious beliefs, but I still respect the work that he produced through their beliefs. Like I, you can separate the art for the artist to an extent. Absolutely, you can. If I'm, if my issue is that Rowling is a bigot of many varieties, and this particular work that she's written is filled with that bigotry. Has she ever come out with anti-Semitic comments? Uh, other than the, um, oh, well, the two sort of things that stand out is obviously the, the hook-nosed banking goblins that control the money and nobody trusts because they're evil. Yeah, 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 um, but you're talking about her weaving her beliefs into... But there's also the, the, the fact that when she was asked if there was any Jewish wizards in Hogwarts, her response was Anthony Goldstein, Jewish wizard, which is effectively like going Jewy McJew pants, the Jew wizard. Like, she went for the most bland, stereotypical name that she could. Like, is there any African wizards? Yeah, he's called Matumba. And it's like, you can't fucking just chuck stereotype names into things. And well, no, she didn't. Be called did you, I mean, what, what's, what's the name? I can't remember now. What was the name of that that wizard, the one who was in the Order of... Kingsley, oh, God, Kingsley, Kingsley Shacklebolt. Shacklebolt. I mean, that is about I mean, as far from an the only fucking black character described in the book, and his name's Shacklebolt. 
You might have well called him Kingsley Slave Zap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, she did make him a dark wizard catcher. So, you know, he was the person putting people in chains. Um, <laughs> like what, was it? what was the other one? The, what was the name of the Irish one? Um, Seamus Finnegan. Seamus Finnegan. Yeah, I mean, like you. I mean, you don't get much more Irish than that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the only name I ever really picked up on kind of being a bit of a problem was Cho Chang, yeah. because it's two. That, I mean, yeah, Asian but, surnames. But at the same time, didn't like having these names, like saying Seamus Finnegan, for a kid, for a kid, straight away put into the into that kid's head. This is an Irish person. Cho Chang straight away put into the into their head that this is a. Uh, what's it called? An Asian character. So, Fucking she- hell, man! Seamus, you could get away <laughs> with. What's like, it called? Yeah. Seamus, you can get away with because like Seamus Finnegan's a real name, but Cho Chang is like gibberish. There is no Asian language where that forms a name. Um, so she might as well have called the character Ching Chong and had written, you know, <laughs> Ching Chong looked at Harry chinkily and <laughs> like she... <laughs> Cho Chang is just like nonsense gibberish. It doesn't even mean anything in any language. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's a kid's book. Yeah, but that doesn't make it okay to... Like, call the, you could call, in a kid's book, you could call a dragon Flubblebutt. It doesn't matter. It's got fuck all to do with a dragon. Yeah, but surely it'd make more sense if you're writing a book that's meant to engage children, children who live in a multicultural society, um, to be respectful of the people that live around you. Because imagine if you were Chinese and you picked up that book and you found out there was a Chinese character and their name was Ching Chong. No Laozan, no, no, you know, something traditional, but Ching Chong. Would you not be a bit upset? Well, Ching Chong, yes. <laughs> but Cho Chang is exactly the same. It's complete gibberish. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but th- okay, give me, give me a, but like if you went for like a really traditional Chinese name, like Ling Xiao Wei, something like that. I mean, writing that into a kid's book, writing that particular name. Ah, that's that's bullshit. Book. That's a bullshit argument. Sorry, I'm going to call you out on that because she fucking called someone Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> I, spent, I spent like three years going Hermione. Hermione. Hmm? How did you not get that? Who the fuck has ever, at the age of 10, read the word Hermione and knows how to pronounce that? I think if children can understand I did. Remus Hagrid... <laughs> And Albus Dumbledore and Minerva McGonagall, they can understand, uh, you know, Lao Shang. Like <laughs> to be fair, all you have to snake. do, we're, we're, we're talking with 24 years of hindsight, all you'd have to mm-hmm. do is put in brackets after the, the first time it's printed, pronounced, and then do it phonetically, right? Or have an appendix like a lot of fantasy books do. Like, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Um, so, I had another point and I can't even fucking remember what it is now because we think just that's, I think we've that's literally just minutes on Harry Potter. <laughs> not not JK Rowling. We've had 90 minutes on Harry Potter. Yeah, we genuinely for everyone listening, this topic was agreed that we were going to talk about <laughs> this topic JK was Rowling. This topic was um, agreed four days ago, and we've done four days of research and the, not touched the, on what we've researched. The scary thing is I've done about zero research for this. Um other than what I've looked up. Uh, I'll Google up, Google up as we do it, but you know, we agree. We were like, oh, let's talk about like J.K. Rowling's tertiary and 
Where yeah, we'll do we'll we'll do a nice <laughs> half an hour on that. We'll do a nice My... chill half an hour on that. We'll do a nice chill half an hour on on the Queen's. Ninety honor. minutes. Ninety minutes later. <laughs> oh, we should probably talk about the Queen's honors now. But I have a, I have an issue with this. Um, <laughs> oh, nice segue. <laughs> no, I have an issue, but um, I I stand to get utterly shunned by a huge portion of my extended friends network over this because they are so this is one of the reasons I want away from cosplay in some regards because they are so vehement in their distaste for Rowling that they are genuinely talking about that burn the books don't support her pilot the movies do this do that buy things secondhand so she doesn't get the benefit they basically want her hung, drawn, and quartered. You would say... I would say instead of pirate in the movies, watch better movies, because they're fucking well, trash. There is the option. <laughs> um, but, like... Watch Lord of the Rings. There is, there is a problem that comes from the way society is moving with this approach, in my opinion. And that is that they are... These people that can probably consider themselves quite left and quite, you know, open and tolerant and supportive of trans rights, of gay rights, of feminism, of everything has its equal share and equity is a thing. Not to say that I disbelieve in that because I don't. I do believe that these things are all, all very, very valid and should all have their equal share. But there is a huge swathe of the population and society that is pushing this into a world that if you disagree with them, Shut up and sit down and accept that we are right. And at what yeah, point? If, if what you disagree, point does, you have to be the worst end. Of, you have to be at the worst end of the spectrum. And I know you you made a joke about this in private conversation about you know because I said at what point does this openness and willingness for everything become a literal dictatorship of you must think this, you must think that, otherwise you are wrong and you are shunned and you will be removed from society. And you said, well, yeah, obviously Ron wants a dictatorship, but it becomes a point of how far round the circle do you go where that left becomes right? Nowhere, because horseshoe theory is complete bullshit. Um, But it's genuine nonsense. Um, But we're going to end up on another fucking sidetrack. See, ultimately, the the whole, like, cancel culture thing is nonsense because not a single person has been cancelled. No, but you you do genuinely... I mean, it's the one thing that, that I can say I genuinely see with huge portions of my, my friend network, which is if you support Rowling in any way, then get off my Facebook friends list. Yeah, you must you must then be a yeah, but- massive homophobe, a massive like a massive hater of the LMBTQ. Yeah. Um, Just because I don't think the Harry Potter books should be burned. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's my final statement. I will let everyone else talk for now because I've said enough. What I would say is that, like, people, like, if we agree that, like, Rowland's allowed to spew bigotry on Twitter, I would say that by the same token, people who feel strongly enough about that bigotry should be allowed to say, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear from it, I don't want to see it on my Facebook, full stop. Like, yeah. free speech is multi-directional. It's not just give the bigot a platform and everybody has to accept it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that these people can't say that. But what these people are, are, are saying is basically what you've just said. Um, 
they're, they're basically saying, we want our platform and we won't listen to anybody else. That's what they're saying. They are literally denying the other platform. And that's what my problem is. It's not but that's, the fact that's that... what free speech is. Free speech is the infinite platforms. Nobody, you don't have the right to be listened to. I'll give you that. That is absolutely like, true. Did you see the video? Like, but you also hey, don't have. But you also don't have the right to actually try and silence someone. You you totally do because I was going to bring that up. Remember that video that in Edinburgh, the like the American hate preacher. Uh, Gained the whole like, oh, you know, gays are going to hell. You, you know, you, you're sin, you're going to go to hell. And then the piper comes out and he just keeps playing the pipes at him. Yeah, that's funny. He, he exercised his free speech to silence that person because they each had equal right to be there and one of them was able to be louder than the other. Yeah, okay. I will, I will, I will concede and give you that as well. <laughs> but the, like what, what you're saying here, John, <clears throat> is I think there needs to be a willingness to. <laughs> At least just understand that the other side exists and that not everybody's going to agree with you. You're for not going to do it. They're I know. Not do it. But for anyone that of my friends listen does hear this and doesn't want me in their life because I'm not for necessarily cancelling JK Rowling, then do me a favour and remove me yourself. Because no, no, I'm not going to remove them, but I'm 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 fed up of seeing the you can't have this view. Yes, I can. And I'm allowed to have it. You're allowed to have yours, but you're not going to tell me that I can't have my view. And that's the only bit of it that really fucks me off. Yeah. I said I was going to shut up. You did. <laughs> um, so that's... And Ron spoke again. I'm like, no! Uh, nearly an hour and 40 minutes on Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> AB, do you have a closing Harry comment Potter. and we'll move on to the Queen? Uh, no, I'm scared to to add a comment. I'm genuinely scared. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll. I enjoy Harry Potter. I enjoy Harry Potter for what it is, regardless of what is in there. As a kid, I loved it. I loved going into that little imagination, imaginary world she created. As a kid, I will tell you now. I watched the I watched the movies with my partner over the holidays. Didn't notice a single one of these connotations. I noticed the movies weren't as good as the imagination in my head, but I did not notice a single connotation. Why? Because I don't care. You're going to see what you want to see. If you want to find the wrong in it, you're going to find the wrong in it. If you're going to watch it to have a magical time, that's what you're going to have. I don't care about that, about the fact that she's put that in there, because at the end of the day, I'm just watching a movie. I'm so tempted to comment on that, but we agreed final statements. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end on a positive note. Um, the ultimate way to enjoy Harry Potter is the PlayStation 1 games. Oh, no, I played those. Oh, I have don't. a lot of nostalgia don't. for those two games, and oh. I kind of want to play them again. No, don't do that. Don't do this, Ron, because now we're going to go back. We're going to jump back into this. You know that. Right? I want to oh. play Chamber of Secrets on PlayStation 1. You know 1. we're going to jump back into this. So stop. Just stream. stop. We should stream Chamber of Secrets PlayStation 1 game. Oh, God. Place, like Chamber of Secrets run through. With <laughs> I us. love Holy that game. crap. <laughs> with us three in the back. I would just oh be God. brutally critical the whole time. It'd be great. We would all be brutally critical. We would not. <laughs> you'd play none of the game because we wouldn't stop laughing. So I, I, I was. Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I like that voice.
That so, is a very sexy voice. It is. Um, so we're not talking about Ron's husky voice there. We're talking about the recording voice as we hit the record button because we took a five-minute breather. Um, and in that, in that five-minute breather, where we just recap some of our key points to discuss it between ourselves, um, myself and AB remade the point of, you know, it genuinely is a case that we believe you can find fault in any media or art. Yeah. And Ron decided that that was the time to be like, no, 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 there is one form of media that is beyond, um, what was he, the word you used? Reproach. Reproach. And that that is the film Dragonheart, which he very quickly backtracked on after I told him or reminded him that that film contains Sean Connery, who we love, but he was a wife-beating bastard. <laughs> to be fair, though, the film is called Wife Beater Heart. It's not, about, it's not about Sean Connery beating the shit out of women and then cutting his hat in half. It's I will just rough. add... Funnily but, enough, Barry but, Potter's but, but, not but, about mistreating the Jews. Yeah, see... Yeah, but it exactly is. That, that is my exactly whole point. <laughs> no, no, see, that's the thing. Ron, Ron, you love dragons. You love dragons, so there's I a movie dragons. about a dragon there's a movie about a dragon so you look past the questionable things that could be in that movie or the people who who play in it you actually the have kids... it the wrong way around it's i love dragons because i love dragonheart okay but that but either way <laughs> either way has has the fact that it's sean connery who is a wife beater put you off dragonheart are you ever gonna are you now throwing that dvd out of the window i mean if i threw the one dvd i've got like seven others Answer would the you, question. Would you, Answer the question. Would you stop watching Goldeneye for a similar reason for Sean Bean? So Sean Bean plays um, Alec Shrebbelada. I don't know how to pronounce his surname because I can't remember it. It's a Russian surname. Um, okay. No, doesn't play Alex Trebek. I'm sure that's an actual person. <laughs> yeah, it's an actual person. American TV um, host. No, so Sean Connery plays a... Uh, plays Connery? No, for fuck's sakes. Sean Bean. Sean Bon. Plays. Scene Bean. Whatever you Scene Bean. Yeah. Whichever way we want. Scene Bon. Scene Bon plays um, 006. Yeah. Um, but Scene Bon, um, like Scene Connery, has multiple allegations of um, domestic abuse. Right, the, guy get, the guy gets killed in every single thing he's in. He's, he's entitled to be angry. He survives. He's got two really long-running gigs. One is, as, one is as a voiceover for a very well-known mobile network, and the other is Richard Sharp. I think he's been killed off in favour of a robot, though, in one of them. Uh, no, 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 no. He's still a voice voiceover. Okay. Anyway, we <laughs> actually came back on here to do our live show and be like, yo, thanks for sticking with us for like now nearly two hours. Two hours. <laughs> chatting shit. But serious yeah. shit for a change. Serious um, shit, yeah. So I'm going Regular to Regular scheduled banter. We'll be back next week. Yeah, oh, thank God. <laughs> Where we will oh. try to avoid jokes about pedophilia, racism. Oh, yeah. Spousal abuse. Homophobe, homophobia, spreading AIDS. <laughs> Coronavirus. No comments shall be made about goblins, Adrian, and werewolves. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we're Electroshock not gonna, we're, therapy. We're, we're not going to be able to hold up on this promise. 
And I didn't even touch on the transphobic elements of Harry Potter. Oh, no, 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 no. Outro. It's the outro. It is the outro. Right, guys. Can I say Thanks. next? No, no, before the outro. Next oh, week, God. I want to I want to talk about the coronavirus theory. Coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> we coronavirus conspiracy theorist that sits and plays on a high street in Fife. Um, <laughs> that's... Buskers. Buskers is something we're going to bitch about next week. It's we should like, definitely it's be like, speak about buskers. because going to be like we'll room have, 101. We're oh, going to have right. a specific take that nobody else is going to agree with because they've got a romantic view of the attention-seeking gets. <laughs> ah, ah. Oh, Lord. The only right. people that will agree is if they worked on Buchanan Street. Anyway, <laughs> for now, right. fuck off. Fuck it, bye. Fuck All right, guys. Bye. Thank, <laughs> that guys, thank you very much for listening. Listen, if you want to hear us talk about any specific topic or answer any questions, just send us an email at jarcast21 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll do our best to bring it up on the podcast. And only one problem with that, it's now 2022. It's got nothing to do with the year. It's the one that was available. No, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm Thanks leaving. very much for listening, guys. <laughs> I'm out.